Welcome to another edition of the Regulators Podcast. We are going to jump right into it today because I am triggered. I am so fired up right now because Twitter has lost its mind. It is apparently lost on so many people that it is smokescreen season, okay? Like, I don't understand why everybody is hanging on every single piece of reporting that comes out about Team A is interested in player X or they're not interested or this person all of a sudden has congenital heart defects or whatever it is and there's one story in particular that's floating around that I just I I lost my mind and and I had to jump in on this and that is surrounding Tua Tungavailoa. So I want to explore this. First and foremost let's let's just start with something that the great Dr. House once said Everybody lies. Not only does everybody lie, but especially in the weeks leading up to the NFL draft, everybody lies. Do you not understand the smoke screens that are going on? Do you not understand that people are leaking certain information on purpose? Do you understand that, let's let's just look at it historically, right? People often forget that Dan Marino was rumored to have drug problems, and they, so much so that Someone was going to draft his college roommate, and they asked him, are you into drugs like Marino? And the guy was like, what are you talking about? Dan's not into drugs. But someone started that rumor. And there has been a lot of theories over the years of who started that rumor, and I'm not going to put that out there, but it doesn't matter. The rumor picked up steam, and teams were shied away from him a little bit. Uh, There was also talk about how he got such a low score on the Wonderlick test, which don't even get me started on the Wonderlick test. You had, with Kyler Murray, everyone obsessing over how tall this guy was. And was he really 5'10 and 3 quarters, or was he 5'7? And, oh my gosh, he had bad interviews. There's a lot of teams that have informed me that his interviews went bad, and he just doesn't really get the X's and O's and isn't able to draw things. Yet... There the Arizona Cardinals were. Kyler Murray, that was the pick. So this idea that all of these things that are coming out within weeks of the draft and you guys don't stop to think, who does this information benefit? Who would put this information out there? And why it would be put out there in the first place? And, you know, one of the other great stories talking about the NFL draft is Gil Brandt. Gil Brandt, when he was with the Cowboys, and Gil Brandt, mind you, is the person who says April should be known as National Liars Month because it is full of lies. Not only coming out of organizations that are trying to throw other people off, but even within their own organizations. Gil Brandt famously believed that one of his scouts might be leaking information back when he was with the Cowboys in the 80s. So he rearranged the draft board in the war room to put a certain linebacker at the very top of their board. He put it there as bait. Within two days, there was an article floating around that the Cowboys were going to take this said linebacker. They knew exactly who their leak was, and they knew that that person was putting that information out. So the point is, 
There are teams that are setting up traps even for their own personnel to see where leaks are. There are also teams that are purposely leaking information to disparage a guy that they hope falls to them. Now, most of us kind of know this, but yet when we see a story that gets floated around and tweeted out, all of a sudden everybody goes all in and they're like, oh my gosh, listen to this, listen what they said. And you know, I understand that we live in a world where social media is instant and the second we see something we want to retweet it and send it out there and be the first to share things and that's why you see a lot of these fake accounts the fake adam schefter accounts uh some of these fake sports centers that get a lot of people right so even people that are verified with blue checks or even other reporters will retweet these without checking or or double checking and then oh it was a fake story it wasn't real so having said all of that I would like to explore the recent news with Tua Tungavailoa. Now, I want to start off by saying that I am an advocate for Tua Tungavailoa. I want to share my bias, as there is a slight bias, because, again, I think that if you are in a position and have the capital to take the chance on Tua, then, depending on what team you are, you should do it. But we'll, we'll come back to that and explore kind of a team-by-team -team analysis. But I just want to put that out there because I don't think there's enough people that cover sports that actually admit the bias in what they're talking about so that you can still take what they're saying with kind of a grain of salt, but also listen to the uh, reason and the plot lines that are put out there. So as far as two is concerned, recently Michael Lombardi said that he had two teams that flunked Tua Tungavailoa in their physicals. And this thing went viral 0 to 100 real quick. Now, for those of you who don't know, Michael Lombardi is a former GM. He is currently on tons of talk radio and NFL shows offering his insights to what's happening in the draft and around the NFL, etc. So, when this story came out, I was upset about one major thing. When I read the article, what Lombardi said was that two GMs that he knew who were picking in the top 10 told him that they flunked Tua on their physicals. Now, I have so many problems with this, but that's the article title that got put out was two NFL teams flunked two on their physicals. Very misleading for a number of reasons. One, teams aren't giving two of physicals, okay? There's only been two opportunities for teams to get any kind of medical information. One was at the combine where, I'll remind you, he didn't perform at the combine, but he was there. He did meet with teams. If they wanted to review his medical, they were open to do so. And at the time, he was not cleared for football activity. Now, this is important, and I want to stress this, because at the time that most teams had access to Tua in person and were able to review any kind of physical traits that he had and limitations that he had, he wasn't even cleared for football. Now, at that time... The general thought process was that whatever team drafted him might have to sit him 
for the upcoming season regardless. Because if you draft him, you're obviously not going to throw him out there before he's ready, risk furthering his injury and hurting his career and ruining the draft pick that you selected. So there was already a thought process that teams who would take him would likely let him sit behind a veteran and learn, which is one of the reasons why the Dolphins were looked at as one of those teams because, number one, they have three first-round picks. So if he were to fall to them at five, they still have two other first-round draft picks, plus they have two first-rounds next year. They have a lot of capital. So it was looked at as, okay, the Dolphins aren't giving up the farm to take a risk. The second reason it would work with the Dolphins is because they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who they believe is their quarterback right now, even though he's obviously a bridge for the future. And then you turn around and you look at other teams. Other teams who have maybe a veteran quarterback presence, but that quarterback is getting up there in age and they need to bring somebody in, but they could afford to sit to it for a year. So that was the general premise, right? All the teams knew that Two is talented, he's gifted. If he wasn't hurt, he might be number one right there with Joe Burrow, but because of the injury concern, you might have to sit him for a year. This was the information that was out there. Now, since that time, everything shut down. There's been no more pro days. There's been obviously no games played. Nothing has really changed. In fact, the medical evaluations that Tua has had personally after the fact were glowing. They said that everything went better than expected and the only NFL team doctor to actually examine him was the team doctor for the Tennessee Titans. That is the only doctor who has examined him since he had his medical clearance and to return to football activity. So that doctor gave Tua a recheck. And according to the reports at the time, that it was as good as you could possibly hope for the evaluation to go. It was glowing results of how fast he was healing and everything looked great. He was obviously cleared for football activity. Now, I want to be very self-aware in this. The concern over Tua's health is not that he's not healthy enough to run around and try to attempt mini camp or get ready for football. The concern over Tua is what happens when he gets hit. What happens when a 300-pound lineman falls on that hip? There's no way to really test for that in practice or to put him through a drill where you're going to simulate Nindamakansu landing on that hip. So that's the concern, and it's a valid concern, right? There is a valid concern over his health issues. What I don't like is the clickbait articles that are claiming that he failed the physical of two teams because, first of all, this spins it as if two teams were able to meet with him, perform a physical, and then say, no, nope, we put him through a battery of tests and he didn't pass it, which didn't happen. Second of all, if you're saying, well, the teams are failing him based on the physical that they did back at the combine or when they met with him. So you mean before he was cleared for football activity. So what physical did they do? 
because they couldn't do anything that would involve any type of football activity or any range of motion like that. So that means that, again, there is lying going on somewhere in this process. Now, is it possible that two teams that couldn't put him through a physical at the combine that they really wanted to spoke with the Titans doctor who gave glowing reviews of to his health and determined that, well, even though he seems to be getting healthy based on our concerns, we're going to pass because he's too much of an injury risk. Yes, that's possible. But it's not possible that they put him through a physical and he failed it. It's the wording. It's the clickbait of it and it's the misinformation. Barring all of that, if we put all of that aside, we have to examine the GMs or the inside personnel that are talking to Michael Lombardi. Everyone knows that Michael Lombardi is going on networks and talking about where he thinks players are going to go, how the draft's going to go, what NFL teams are doing. So why, if you, why would any of these teams share this information with him like, hey, we flunked Tua? Because if they really did flunk Tua, if there was really no hopes of them taking Tua, but they have a top 10 pick, guess what? They're still going to want other teams to think that they're going to take Tua because if that team wants Tua and they don't want Tua, then good. They can trade back a few slots, pick up a draft pick for this year or next year, and then still get the guy that they want. So they'd be doing anything but but. They would say they are all on the Tua train and they would leak that to Lombardi knowing that it's going to get out there. So the fact that they're putting out information that they flunked him on some imaginary physical that never happened shows you that there are teams that are trying to disparage the fact of Tua being a top 10 pick so that he falls lower and lower and lower. Now, every team can have their own reason for doing this, but you really have to, again, examine who does it benefit, why would they tell Michael Lombardi this, and then again, where are imaginary physicals? There was a recheck done by the Tennessee Titans doctor who said everything went great, everything looked good, and then you've obviously seen the videos of him moving around. I have no problem, zero problem with the Miami Dolphins, the Chargers, any other team who says, listen, Tua could be great, but he's too much of a gamble for us because we're just unsure about his injury history. And that's a gamble that you can take. You can decide to pass on him. What I'm not for is bullshit arguments and clickbait articles that say Tua Tungavailoa failed the physical of two NFL teams. No, he didn't. No, he did not. If you want to say two NFL teams have told a GM that they know who goes on network television that they're going to pass on Tua Tungavailoa, then that's a valid story. But yes, it's not going to get your clicks. It's not going to generate as much buzz. So to the people who are recirculating all of that, and I don't mean the general population, but 
mostly a lot of people out there covering the sports world that are not putting that with a caveat, that are not adding their own kind of spin on it to to just get clicks in and, and, and rehash this same article. I mean, that just, that, that has to stop. I mean, you you understand that not only are you just contributing to the lies and the misinformation and everything that's out there, but you're also possibly costing somebody money. You're costing another human being money that all of a sudden they're going to drop in the draft because this stuff goes viral and people start saying, oh my gosh, did you hear two other teams flunked them on the physical? Did we do everything that we could have done? Did we really look? Are we really willing to take the risk? And that's how the game is played. Now, I mean, personally, I'm over the mock draft thing. I think that if you do a mock draft, you should do it with friends. You should do it for competition. It's fine. But we have to stop taking these things seriously. We really have to stop taking mock drafts seriously. Doing a mock draft is like looking at a class of kindergartners and figuring out who they're going to marry when they grow up. Nobody has any idea. And the best people, even the Mayocks, the Schefters, um, the Daniel Jeremiah's, everybody who does these mock drafts, none of them in the history of mock drafts have nailed even half of their mock draft. Most of them have never even come close to nailing a third of their mock draft. The best that they can do is in those top four or five picks. Some years it's pretty kind of figured out where most teams are going to go and you try to get three out of those top five and then pick up one or two along the rest of the way. Mock drafts are such bullshit because nobody has any idea what everybody else is going to do and you can't really anticipate for the trades. Do you think anyone knew that the Dolphins would trade up for three to get Deion Jordan? Like, that was so out of left field. You have these teams that are trading back, trading up. You you have no idea how any of this is going to play out. So, have fun, get excited for the draft, but take everything with a grain of salt, including everything that you hear from me, because... We're all just getting our information, bits and pieces, from other people who are getting it from other people, and who knows where the real information is. Let's not forget that in the 2018 NFL Draft, Sam Darnold was heralded hands down as the number one prospect overall until all of a sudden he wasn't, and the Browns took Baker Mayfield. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, Charles Robinson actually did a piece on Baker Mayfield as possibility for the Browns after the Senior Bowl, and people dragged him over the coals for it. So nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. Um, Again, have fun, but take a mock draft for what it is. But in the month of misinformation, stop. Stop believing that everything you hear is true coming out of these outlets because most of it is not and you have to always think what would benefit somebody from leaking this information who does it benefit who's it in the best interest of just take everything with a grain of salt i can't wait for the nfl draft and i hope you guys are all staying safe and enjoying yourself staying sane as much as possible please hit me up on twitter i'd love to hear your thoughts i'd love to have debates and interactions and conversations You can find us on Twitter 
at Regulators Pod. Drop me a line, send me some dank memes, tell me my takes are garbage, even though yours probably aren't much better, and I'll see you out there. Be good.